Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Ungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David, being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. My name, of course, is Charles Ungemach. I couldn't be happier to have you. Guys, if you have any ideas for this podcast, like who I should interview or anything you want me to hear me talk about, go ahead and shoot me a message. Um, And also make sure that you are leaving reviews for this podcast. The more reviews you leave, the bigger this podcast will get because iTunes pays attention to those reviews and those comments. And the better reviews you leave, the more they'll boost it and the more they will um, promote this podcast. Also, trying to get on Spotify. So if you want to hear this thing on Spotify, start sending those likes, start those reviews, start sharing this thing so that we can get it up on those big platforms and more people can hear the message. But anyway, let's get started here. I want to talk about Noah. I was thinking about Noah the other day, and um, you're familiar with that story, the idea that uh, the world got so wicked and evil that there was only one man left who loved God and was faithful to God and was living in unity with God. So God looked at Noah and said, I'm going to take you, I'm going to set you aside, and I'm just going to completely destroy the earth and start over from scratch, and you are going to repopulate the earth. And so he tells Noah, go build an ark. Now Noah would have probably lived in the wilderness somewhere in the desert, probably nowhere near any big sources of water, and God said, go build this giant boat, and he gave him exact directions on blueprints on what he should be building. It was this huge, massive boat and nowhere to float the boat. But Noah did it anyway. And then I'm sure, of course, you've heard the sermons on this. I'm sure he was ridiculed and people were making fun of him for building a boat in the desert. But when that first raindrop started falling, he was the only one that was prepared and everybody else ended up dying because of it. But I was thinking about this and, and, and that story and I realized when I was looking at it in scripture that It was a hundred years from the time God originally told Noah, go build this ark, to the time the first raindrop started falling. So think about that. A hundred years. That's more than one of our lifetimes. Now, obviously, back then, back before the flood, God was allowing people to live a lot longer. After the flood, he said, I'm going to limit it to 120. But Noah, he was 500 years old when God comes to him and says, Noah, go build an ark. And it's not until he's 600 years old that the rain starts falling. So that means for 100 years, Noah had to trust God and believe that he was building this boat for a reason. Now that, my friends, is faith. That's some pretty incredible faith. It's a long time to wait. It's really convicting to me that Noah waited 100 years because I love to complain I am super, super, super impatient because things in my life never seem to happen fast enough. Commercial breaks are never ending. Food takes too long to warm up in the microwave. Traffic, oh my goodness, is miserable. I just want to get home. 
And he goes in my personal life too. Like how come it takes me so long to get better at teaching? That drives me nuts as a professional that I still make the same mistakes I was making before that I can't stop making some of the mistakes I don't want to make anymore. Or why is it so hard for me to break bad habits? Like why, why, why is it so hard to do laundry, Charlie? Come on. Well, how come the internet's so stinking slow? <laughs> and why do I get so angry when the internet's slow? Why haven't I met a girl and settled down and had a family? I had a plan that said I was going to graduate from college and get married. Where's the girl? Where's the family? I get really impatient about this podcast. It's having some incredible success that I never would have predicted. But all of a sudden, as soon as I see a little bit of success, I say, well, how come it's not even bigger? And I'm not content with where I am. I get impatient with my beard. How come when I have a bad haircut or a bad beard cut, it doesn't grow out fast enough? I got to look bad for forever. How about in the gym? Why don't I see a six-pack yet? I work out every day. How come I don't look like the guys I see on Instagram? How come I don't have a six-pack? I'm so stinking impatient. It doesn't take very long before I find myself just hating life. Like all the joy is sucked out of my existence. And I start worrying about all these little things that don't actually matter. And I spend all my brain energy on on complaining and whining and being miserable. And all of a sudden, the, the big things, the big picture things and the spiritual things, they fall to the wayside. And all I'm thinking about is how miserable I am and how much all this sucks. Instead of making the most of the day ahead of me or the moment I'm in, I start hoping and waiting for tomorrow, just sitting around, wasting today and waiting for tomorrow. I start to get a bad attitude about everything, even the stuff that I usually love, and I get sucked into the doldrums of this sinful world. Okay, I forget that this is not my home. I forget that this world is not where I belong and that the things of this world are not my purpose. And I forget that I am not my own. I don't live for me anymore. Once the Holy Spirit touches my heart, I've got to realize that I am not my own any longer. Suddenly I look different because I'm a child of the light. And as one of the elect, I live differently and for a different purpose. Paul tells the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 1 that when the gospel comes to us, it will be visible in three different ways. You're going to look at my life and you're going to see work produced by faith, labor prompted by love, and endurance inspired by hope. We as the people of God need to stop complaining and whining about where we are and where we're at and what God has us doing and start living in the light of Christ. I got to let God's power work through me and watch the Lord do his work instead of trying to do it myself. I got to lean into Jesus. I got to let him guide my steps. We've all heard that legacies can't be established in a matter of minutes, that good things come to those who wait, that Rome wasn't built in a day, and it's true. Our lifespan is likely to last like 80 or 90 years nowadays, okay? And God is going to use every single second of that lifespan to do his work, both in us and through us. We've all got our moments of greatness and glory, but those glimpses of heaven that we get are going to fade way faster than they come about. The greatest impact we could ever have is simply to wake up each day, get out of bed, and walk in the truth of the resurrection. we got to realize that our influence is not going to be found in moments of great triumphs, 
while we're holding trophies over our heads and everybody's cheering for us. It's going to be in the little battles won each day in the hearts and minds of the people around us. You have been given a lifelong quest, and it's to go and make disciples of all nations. So use your entire span of lifetime to build a legacy of faith, love, hope, and endurance in Christ. Be like Noah and go build your boat. This is what I'm trying to say. You might be lucky and and have a few shining moments in your life where you do something great or you're on top of the world. But over the course of a lifetime and at the end of your life, when you're looking back, that's not what's going to define your life. That's not going to be your legacy. The greatest legacy you leave behind will be the lives you touched, the work you accomplished, and the change that you created, not in a handful of critical moments, but in the day-to-day little things in the mundane things, and the forgotten things that happened on a day in and day out. Your legacy will be built on how you treated people, how you made them feel, or how you went about your work every day with a positive attitude and a smile. you got to realize how important each moment is. Every day is your day to seize the day. Every moment is ripe with potential. Use every moment that you've been given. And when it's all over and you look back, you'll see that you lived a life of purpose. And if you're wise enough to let the Lord guide your path, to let the Lord lay out the work for you to do, when you see him on the last day, when you see your heavenly father face to face, you will hear the words, by grace, well done, good and faithful servant. I can't wait to see you there. I can't wait to be there myself. And I pray that my time on this earth is not used in complaining or in whining or in wishing things were better, but used to leave this world a better place, to make disciples of all nations, and to build up the kingdom of God. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. You can find more episodes just like this one on iTunes or SoundCloud under the name The Gird Up Podcast. You can follow me, Charles Jungemach, at on Instagram at Coach Jungemach, on Facebook as Charlie Ungemach, or you can email me on the good old email at coachungemach at gmail.com. Please make sure you leave a review for this podcast. Make sure we get good ratings. And it's time now to go be the man that God has created you to be. God bless.